begin. Okay, we are ready to begin this week's Pasha. This Pasha is Bahar. And we're going to deal with an interesting topic. Question of halacha regarding uh, property transference, property ownership. So there's a question that they, um, in, that's found in, uh, in this week's Pasha, in the Sefer of Ahar of Alatoira. There was a Misa with Ruvain. Ruvain had a, uh, a huge piece of land. Unfortunately, over a long period of time, this piece of land became abandoned. And until it became a place where people threw their garbage. It's basically a fallow, abandoned piece of land. And whatever he did in order to try to, um, to rebuild this land, he couldn't do because he couldn't get the proper licenses from the, uh, from the, from the government, from the, from the municipality. What happened? Ruvain decided after a while that what he's going to do is he's going to sell this land. So he went and he found a buyer, found Shimon. Shimon was very happy to uh, acquiesce to the sale and he bought the land from him. They were both very happy about it and Shalom uh, Yisrael was very nice. After a couple of days, Ruvain was walking by the piece of property that he sold and he saw a big sign, this big sign on the piece of property and the big sign says, that here they're going to build a shchunas pe'er, shchunat pe'er. There's going to be a beautiful, a beautiful development on this piece of land. So what what happened? He tried to figure out what happened. So Ruvain did research, tried to figure out what happened. After his research, he figured out that in the city council there was a meeting, there was a secret meeting uh, before before he sold his land to Shimon. The meeting was about the, the topic was about this piece of land that Ruvain owned. And the meeting was what to do about it. And they decided in the meeting that they're going to uh, get rid of all the bureaucracy, all the paperwork, in order to uh, put forth to, uh, to develop this piece of land, in order to make it into a project. And one of the principal parties, one of the proponents at the meeting was none other than Shimon. When Ruvain found out about this, when Ruvain found out that Shimon was... Uh, handling, when she, the Shimon was uh, uh, ma- doing machinations behind his back uh, in order to, in, in, in order to uh, uh, allow for the property to uh, be developed and to get rid of all the red tape. And as a result, that this land was worth far more than what he sold it to Shimon, right, uh, says the Sefer mission is Galah HaDavar, Ruven Za'ak Mara. Ruvain screamed uh, that he was uh, swindled. Mm-hmm. Right? And he wanted to be mavatal. He wanted to uh, uh, nullify the entire sale. He said, it's not fair. Shimon uh, tricked me. And, and I sold the land for, for the price that I wasn't interested in selling it for. So the question is, what's the din? All right, what's the din in such a case? Do you uh, can the land go back? Because after all, Shimon was not uh, uh, gonna back down. And Shimon was brazen enough to claim that uh, Ruvain, so so, Ruvain agreed to the sale. They shook hands on it and signed the contract. He sold it to him. He agreed to it. It's his property. That's it. What's the deal? Uh, was Shimon part of the uh, uh, plot to uh, yeah. deny, yeah, deny yeah. Ruvain? Uh, no, 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 no. Shimon was not part of the denying of the licenses. Oh. Shimon was part of the uh, getting the license. Shimon was part of getting the license. Uh, 
So he was working towards his own end. Right, yeah, exactly. But but if Ruvain if 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 Ruvain would have known that it would be possible to increase the value of the land, he would have never sold it in the first place. Forget about selling it for the amount that he sold it for. He would have never sold it. Right, that's what Ruvain is claiming. Ruvain says, "Listen, I, I only sold it because I thought it was a heap of garbage." It was I, until Shimon changed the picture. Well, yes, that's what Shimon is claiming that I changed the picture. But did he change it with under? The problem is, the problem is, is that Ruvain didn't know that the picture was being changed before the sale took place. Ruvain didn't know that there was a committee that was initiating this this project. Right. So the first thing is, it says the the Vayavna is that is that that uh, he quotes the Sefer Achinuch. The Sefer Achinuch says that there is a prohibition in this week's parsha. There's a prohibition against ripping somebody off. The Torah says, um, the Torah says like this in Perik Chafei Pasuk Yudalid. The Torah says. Um, as follows Zokta Torah and actually what the Sefer Achinuch says is also a, uh, a, a Ramban so Perik Chavhei Pasuk Yudalid the Torah is like this B'chisim kru memkar la'amisecha if you will sell a sale to your friend O'kona miyad amisecha or you will buy from your friend Al Tono you shall not afflict ish as achiv. One is not allowed to afflict his friend. Right? One is not allowed to afflict his friend. So the, uh, the Sefer Achinuch says that we learn from this in the Sifra and also Gemara Babatzi and Dafnun Babamabes that Alto no ish as achiv zuanos mamun. That's talking about afflicting your friend with money. And Chazal say, from the, when you buy it, when you buy uh, an object from your friend, right? So that's talking about buying. That's talking about an, uh, buying an object from your friend that one is not allowed to overcharge. One is not allowed to, one is not allowed to uh, um, buy something which the buyer is not aware that they're selling it from the amount that uh, is not... Um, that they're selling it for the amount that's not uh, that they think they're selling it for. In other words, they think that they think that the uh, that the sale is for uh, fifty dollars, and really the object is worth the object is worth seventy five dollars. The buyer knows it, the seller doesn't know it. Says the Sefer Achinuch, that's prohibited. Not only is it prohibited for the for the seller to not only is it prohibited for the seller to um, overcharge, it's prohibited for the buyer to buy something which he knows is not pr- properly priced. Right? And that's what the Sefer HaChinuch says. Medine HaMitzvah, the laws of the mitzvah. What the rabbis say about Mitzvah 51b, 51a. That both the seller and the buyer are warned on this. Both the seller and the buyer are, it's possible for them to transgress a negative commandment with this transaction. It says either they will sell or buy. That's what it says in the Torah. Either sell or buy. Right? Or no, either sell or buy. So therefore it's referring to both the seller and the buyer. 
Right? It's not my fault the buyer can the buyer can't say it's not my fault what the seller should know what the, it costs. And anyway, why should I assume that he doesn't know? Of course he knows. He decided to price it that way, it's his problem. He wants to sell to me cheap, that's not my problem. Right? That's not the pshat. They both are going to transgress the negative commandment. Right? And all of the laws and the, and the, and the, and the specific um, details are applicable in, the, in, the, in this case to both the buyer and the seller. Right? And so therefore, therefore, Shimon in our case can't say, I was buying it. And Ruvain and 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 should have known how much it's worth. Because uh, Shimon is also going to be over on Oina. Shimon is also going to transgress the, um, the, uh, the prohibition. Okay, but in this case, we're saying that Shimon knew the reason why it's going to be more expensive. Okay, so but one second. But are saying even if, even if somebody doesn't know that something is going to be more value? No, this is if they know. Of course, this know, is if they know. Right. So, so the, before, let's just, just sidetrack a little bit here. And here the Sefer HaChinuch actually explains what's the reason for this mitzvah. Says the Sefer HaChinuch, Shoyrush HaMitzvah Yudu, everybody knows the reason for this mitzvah, because Ki this is something which the Seichel, which the mind uh, testifies upon. Right? V'im lo nichtav din If the Torah didn't write this din, it should have written it. Why? It's not proper. She'in wo'y l'kachas moment b'nei adam derech sheker v'tarmas. It's not proper to take money from people with trickery and charlatan, charlatan, charlatanism. Is this such a word? Charlatanry. Charlatanry. Right? No. <laughs> charlatanry, charlatanism. Charlatanism, okay, whatever it is. And with guile. It's not proper. Everybody should work for their stuff. Whatever the Rebbe Shalom graces them with, with truth and straightness. Every person has a reason for this also. Right. right, the same way that people don't afflict him, he, uh, he, people are not going to afflict him. The same way he's not going to afflict people, he's not going to rip off people, people are not going to rip him off. Maybe you'll say that, listen, I know better than everybody else, and I can trick better than everybody else, so I'll win. Right, but Ulai Bonov Loyu, but perhaps maybe he'll have children, Loyu Kane, they're not, not going to be so savvy. Vier more so many other and then if he's going to trick people, will trick him in the end. Venim to Shadrayim Shadmakol, therefore it's equal to everyone. Vishu Tailas Rav, Bishu Vishoilam, this contributes to, to the uh, general uh, populate, populating the world, that people should live together with peace. Vashem Baruch Hulashevaz Yitzhak, the Rabban Shem created the world in order to populate, not in order that people should. Uh, Trick each other. And this does not. This does not contribute positively to the uh, to the popula- populating of the world, right? Mm-hmm. So this is uh, this is very important to be like this. Yeah. Now, so that's uh, that's what the Sefer Achinuch says, and therefore it seems like uh, Shimon is uh, Shimon is transgressing this Aveda. Shimon is transgressing Savera because what Shimon did was is that Shimon bought the property and Shimon knew, Shimon knew that the property was worth more than what he was buying it for. Right? That's what Shimon knew. And so therefore Shimon is transgressing Lachaira. At first thought, Shimon is transgressing the um, Shimon is transgressing the Avera 
of afflicting one's friend, of ripping him off by buying a property from him that he, uh, that, he, that, that, that he knew was worth more than what Ruben was selling it for. And therefore, Shimon is wrong. However, the halacha is, which is found in the Shulchan Aruch, in Chayshim Mishpatim and Reish Chav Zayin, in 227, in number 29, the halacha is, is that there is no oinah, there is no laws of affliction which necessitate the nullification of the sale, right, or abrogating the sale or nullifying the sale that doesn't happen when it comes to karka, when it comes to land. And that's what it says in the Shulchan Aruch, these are the things that don't have oinah, ha'avodim, ha'ashtaros v'akarkois, Right? Even if he sells something which worth a thousand to one, or shove a dinner or one to a thousand, there is no oino. And so, therefore, since there is no oino, even though Shimon is wrong in what he did, Ruvain does not have the power to nullify the Why? sale. But that doesn't make sense. Why should that's what, the, that's what the Gemara says, and that's the way it's qualified is, in halacha. Except that, one second, except that the Ramah argues with this, and the Ramah says, in the, davka ad palga. the Ramah says only if, he char- only if it's half. If he charges him more than half of what it's worth, then even when it comes to land, it, the same rules will apply. If he charges him more, the Mishnayim, he sells him more, more one than two, Havi Oinah, that's Oinah according to Ramah. And so therefore, we'd have to assume that the case that we're talking about, uh, this is the tour, says the Shem, the Rach, and the Rosh, the case that we're talking about is must be that Ruvain sold the property to Shimon for less than, more, uh, for less than twice, as, one twice as much as what it really right. is worth. Right? right? right. Uh, otherwise... More than, more than the seventh. What? More than a sixth above what it was worth. Well, no, it's when, it, uh, when we're talking about the sixth. So if it, it, that, that's where the rules apply. The, those rules of charging more than a sixth, right, does not apply to karka. It metatal. does not apply to land. It applies to mitat and only uh, applies to things that are, hand, that, are, that are sold that are portable. Mm-hmm. Things that are portable. So mm-hmm. that's, that, that's the laws of uh, Oino. But however, those laws for sure of charging a sixth, less than a sixth or more than a sixth or equal to a sixth, which are uh, the part and parcel of the details of this law, which we're not getting into, right, does, the, does not apply when it comes to land. According to Ramah, we're only dealing with half. So therefore, we have to assume that this wholesale was, this wholesale took place, um, this wholesale took place, and it was, must have been not worth, it was not sold for twice the amount of what, it, of what it's worth. Right, and so therefore, says the Vayerivna, uh, according to this, it would seem that it would seem that the um, Ruvain cannot uh, get his money back, cannot get his land back from Shimon. However, says the uh, Vayerivna, perhaps maybe we can bring a raya, perhaps maybe we can bring a proof from the Gemara in Ksubis, the Gemara in Trite Ksubis on page 96a, the Gemara there says, uh, the following story, or the following halacha. The Gemara in Ksubis on 96a says that there was a Tashma Dahu Bitsurta Dahavi Benardo. There was a Bitsurta, there was a, uh, a, a rise in price that was happening in Ardo. So the Vayarvna explains that what happened was is that there was a, um, that there was a lack of, of supply of wheat. 
because there was a lack of supply of wheat, that, that jacked up the price in wheat in Nahardo. So the Gemara says, so people could not afford to buy the food that was for sale. So what did they do? Uh, so, right? What happened was is that everybody sold their property. Everybody sold their houses um, in order to, everybody sold their houses in order to purchase wheat. So what happened meanwhile? Lesof Asuchiti. At the end, says the Gemara, there was a, a huge delivery from boats full of, full of uh, um, wheat, which again brought down the price in the, uh, the price of the wheat that was being sold in Narda. So they went to Rav Nachman to Paskin the Din, right? They went to Rav Nachman and they said that we want our homes back. If we would have known that this wheat was coming, we would have never sold. Uh, we would have never sold our homes. So what did Rav Nachman paskin? Amalu Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman said, "Dino who dahadvi apandini lemarayu." Why? Because the Gemara explains over there there was a zvina bitos. Over there there was a sale that was made by mistake. What was the mistake? Right, uh, because the Gloi Milsa the Arba Havikaima. It it was revealed there that what happened was is that they apparently it seems like that to Nardor there were regular shipments that were shipped of wheat to Nahardor. And so they depended on those shipments of wheat. So the shipments of wheat arrived in the regular time. And when these shipments of wheat arrived, so people uh, uh, the, the merchants took the wheat and sold it at, the, at whatever the price was. So what happened was is that the shipments of wheat did not arrive on time, right? And because they didn't arrive on time, people thought that they weren't arriving. That caused the famine. The famine caused a uh, jack in the price, and people were forced to sell their possessions in order to buy wheat in order that they shouldn't starve to death. But what happened was is that actually at the time of the sale, Rashi explains the boats were on their way. The boats had already left uh, the dock. The boats had already left the dock, and the boats... What happened with the, the tide was very high, and because of that, the boats, the boats could not take their usual route that they usually take in order to uh, reach the destination, which was Narda. And because of that, they were delayed. However, the people, because there were no uh, communication devices, GPS devices that we have today, nobody knew of this Misa. So everybody thought that, uh, that, the, that the, the boats are not coming, that maybe there wasn't a crop of wheat that year whatever, and therefore they were, they, were, they were selling. However, if they would have known that the boats were going to arrive at a later time, uh, then they would have never sold their property because they would have waited for the wheat to arrive. So Rav Nachman paskined that the sale is nullified, and therefore the buyers of the homes have to give the homes back in exchange for the money that they, bought, that they, that they, that they were bought for. Even though they had nothing to do with whether or not the wheat was, was coming. Which right, was right. And nobody, nobody knew. Nobody knew. So the Vayarev now wants to say from this, you see, <clears throat> that if somebody buys something under false pretenses, then if somebody buys something under false pretenses or sells something under false pretenses, that is justification for nullifying the sale. Pretenses. So one second. So therefore says the Vayarevna that over here, Ruvain did not know that there was a deal going on behind his back because there was a secret meeting in the area. There was a secret meeting going on in the municipality in order to increase the, the which would increase the, the value of this land. 
right, which would increase the value of this land. And because Reuven, if Reuven would have known that this was in the works, he would have never sold this property. And that's the claim that Reuven can make in order to nullify the sale. And how do you know you can do that? You have a right from the Gemara Ksubis and that Tzadi Zainab. So, 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 what, your comment? No, so yeah, it's I, like an Alakas Kamen Bahamut. I think you couldn't make a contract this, based, I'm sorry. Even though in the second case, nobody was responsible for it, even so, oh, right. So the Vayarv now says that the case of Ruvain is even better. Right. The case of Ruvain and Shimon, right. our case is even better. What's, right. the, what's the reason that there, our case is even better? Because says the Vayarv now, the reason why our case is better is because uh, over, over by the case of the boats and the wheat, the sale of the homes had actually nothing to do right. with the wheat right. that was delivered or not delivered. Now, the yeah. sale itself was good. There was nothing wrong with the sale. The homes were sold for the proper price of what they're worth. And then, and then the sellers collected the money and used the money in order, to, in order to buy themselves food. Circumstantial reasoning nullified the sale. But over here, the actual sale was no good because the actual, in the actual sale, there was an element in the actual sale itself which, which, was, which was not known to the seller. The seller did not know that his property was potentially worth more than it was wor- worth at the present time of the sale. Since the seller did not know that, Right, so then it's even better he can nullify the sale. You know, what this do you want? happened all the well, time on Bonanza, you should know. Yeah? Yeah, this is such, it's such a Western story. Then what do you want to say? Uh, I was going to ask the question, normally we don't allow something that isn't present at the time of a contract to have bearing, right? I mean, normally you can't make a, a deal on something that yeah, isn't yet right. in, in because existence. Yeah, Because then you would never be able to make any contract. Am I right about that or am I wrong about that? I don't know. I don't know the details. I know this specific case. In this specific case, obviously, uh, obviously, as we're going Something to see work, further in our discussion, we're going to see further in our discussion, Shimon wasn't being ru- fair to Ruvain. Right. He wasn't right. being fair to Ruvain because right. he was privy to the information. Right. See, in the case of the, on, on the Gemara and Dabsadi Zayin and Ksubis, over there, nobody knew. It's not like the buyers of the homes were not fair to the to to to, to the uh, to the sellers. They they uh, they sold it, uh, but Shimon here was being tricky. Shimon was Shimon was being over on the pasuk in our pasha, even though he wasn't being over on the pasuk in our pasha, which we're going to see in a minute, right? So therefore, therefore. Um, Therefore, uh, it's even better, says the Rav No, over here, the sale for sure is not going to For the latecomer, what's the Pesach we're, we're working with? The Pesach is on, in, in, in uh, chapter 25, verse number 14. If you will sell a sale to your friend, right, that's the Pesach for, for the, the mitzvah of Haino. So now, the, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting that the Rav No does not mention the following point. And this is clear from the Ramban in this week's parsha, on the pasuk, on the aforementioned pasuk, and also on the aforementioned sefer Achinoch. Very interesting. The Ramban says the following. The Ramban says the following idea. Says the Ramban that uh, um, the Ramban says like this that the Chazal say, which we just mentioned, right? We pass in this lalocha. It's a gemara by Mitzian Dafnun Vavim Ralev. Zok the Ramban. That there is no oino by karkois. There is no overcharging when it comes to land. Why not? Because it says in the pasuk, "V'chisim kuru memker la'amisecha," when you will sell a sale, right? So, "Ok no miyaramisecha," or you will buy from the hand of your friend. So, for the Chazal understand that if you're going to buy something from the hand of your friend, it means we're talking about something which exchanges hands. But since 
since, uh, since land does not actually exchange hands, it's not included in this prohibition. However, says the Ramban, that's necessarily, that's not, that's not, that's not true. Because there, it says also, at the beginning of the Pesach, it says, you will sell a sale. And it doesn't qualify what kind of sale it would be, which implies that it could be a sale of real estate, or it could be a sale of not real estate, either way. It could be either sale, right? And so therefore, it's a problem that... Um, that 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 seems to imply also karka. It also seems to imply the land. So the Ramban wants to say like this. Interesting, and the Ra'o agrees with him, is that the iser of al tono, the prohibition, the negative commandment of do not afflict your friend with money, applies both by mitatlim, both by property which is movable, and by karkos, and also by real estate. It applies by both of them equally. When a person sells overpriced, underpriced, whatever, or buys overpriced or underpriced um, uh, uh, goods, whether it's goods which are movable or whether it's real estate, either way this prohibition is, 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 is uh, transgressed. The only distinction is, and the Chazal are making is, is that the rules or the laws of the technicalities of, the, which we're not discussing this evening, of charging a sixth, less than a sixth, or more than a sixth, or equal to a sixth, which qualifies in the eyes of Chazal as being affliction, right, that only applies by things that are movable. But by property does not apply. As we saw in the Shulchan Aruch, the only thing that the Ramon says is only if you're charging half, the, uh, double the price. But uh, if, it's, if it's a sixth, then that does not apply. And so therefore, says the Ramban and the Ra'ah, if a person sells property, real estate, that's, that's, uh, that's overpriced, or the buyer buys it and it's underpriced, they transgress the negative commandment even though there is no power in the parties involved to nullify the sale. If it's less than twice the amount, according to Ramah, but the negative commandment is still transgressed, even though that's the case. Right? And, as a matter of fact, it happens to be that Rabbi Akiva Eger quotes this lahalocha. Uh, Rabbi Akiva Eger says that, uh, quotes the Ramban and the Ra'ah in his chidushim, in his notes, on the Shulchan Aruch, on the Court of Law, which we mentioned, right? And therefore, and he says that it's Oina, right? Even though the sale is not, uh, is not nullified. So therefore, it comes out that the final law is like this, is that we turn around, if we didn't have the Gemara and Ksubis, which says that you can nullify the sale because, because of other elements, if we didn't have the Gemara and Ksubis, which say that there are, that there are, um, that you can nullify the sale for a different reason, right, if that's, even though that's the case, if it would not be that you can nullify the sale for that reason, if you would sell the property, that's overpriced, mm-hmm. right? Or buy a property that's, underpri- that's underpriced, the tra- even though the Besdin, even though the rabbinical court does not have the power to nullify the sale, they, the, the seller or the buyer still transgress the negative commandment of afflicting their friend. So and so therefore the Besdin can say to the fellow, even though we cannot uh, nullify the sale, you should know that you're still, tra- you're still transgressing the negative commandment of al uh, uh, al tono, right? That's what the uh, that's what comes out according to the Ramban but and the Ra'ah. Is there a penalty for that Adam, or is it I mean, is it malchus, or does it or does it uh, Uh No, I guess I mean maybe there's malchus, maybe there's malchus. That's not discussed. 
But, uh, I mean, I guess maybe the question is whether it's a lafshi yesh maisa, whether this is a negative commandment which has an action to atta- attach to it. It's, it's, it's not uh, for discussion right now. Right? Uh, yeah? So, so therefore, in that, ca- in, the, in that case, you could transgress a negative commandment even though the rabbinical court does not have the power to, rena- to, uh, to nullify the sale. What do you so want to say, much? general... Uh, uh, a, a law doesn't uh, uh, violate, a, uh, doesn't uh, nullify a contract. Contract that violates a law. Right, exactly. So this law does not, according to Rabbi Kibbeger, comes out does not nullify the contract. That's exactly. Amazing, That's amazing. You transgress, you transgress a law by being not fair, right? But that does not necessarily nullify the wow. nullify the sale, right? So That's a person, exactly. a person can be over according to the Rambam, as we discussed before many times, lo sachmoid, of um, coveting a person's property. By forcing the, by convincing the person to sell to them, the sale is still going to be good, but they're going to transgress the negative commandment, right? Now, so if you charge more, so what happens if you charge more than half? We don't know whether it's a good sale or not. If you charge more than half, right? So the Rabbi Kivager says there, there, since we don't, we don't know uh, who the property belongs to, whether it was a good sale or not, because we have a question. Therefore, we give it back to its original owner. So that's the that, that's the answer to our to our question. More than half of what? More than half of what it was worth before Shimon got involved, or more than half? Yeah, of what more than worth half. That it's it's objective value, I guess. But the thing is, that's the problem because there is no objective. Okay, value. fine. So that's that, that has to, that requires determination. Right. Fine, that requires determination. So anyway, that that answers All the right. question, Arpasha. So therefore, therefore, the issue is right. The issue is. Is that the Vayarevna does not mention this idea? The Vayarevna does not mention this idea because because he already comes to the conclusion from the Gemara and Ksubis that we mentioned on Daftari Zayin that you can nullify the sale anyway because in our case there is an element involved. There's an element involved that the sale came through because of a, of of a, of a detail which Ruvain was not aware of. He didn't know how much his property was worth. And what if Shimon goes to Basin and, and denies any knowledge? What? What if goes no, that's not our case. Our case okay. is that he that he had knowledge. Okay. Now the question is if if uh, the question is I guess if if Ruvain it's if it would not be clear whether Ruvain would have sold the land or not, uh, if he would have known that the property was worth much more than it was because he was desperate for the money or whatever it would be, oh, yes. then Ruvain, then the Gemara and Ksubis and Naftali Zayim would not apply, and then uh, Ruvain would uh, not be able to nullify the sale with Shimon. However, Shimon would still transgress the negative commandment according to Rabbi Akiva Eger, according to the Ramban, and according to the Ra'ah, right, which still transgress the negative commandment if you would choose not to nullify the sale. Who's the Ra'ah? The Ra'ah is the author, is the Sefer Achinuch, the author, of the, uh, you know, understood to be the, the author of the Sefer Achinuch. Now, this is still only if Shimon had knowledge. In a general case, if you buy something... For less than it's worth, it's different or not? Because you yeah, unless you find that afterwards. Unless you find that afterwards, you have to. It depends on, on, on That's the details we're not discuss, prepared to discuss this evening. That you. It depends on how much money, how much more it is worth, how much more it is worth, and, and so therefore that will depend on whether you have to return the extra money that you pay what you uh, got got it for or you paid, right? Or you would, the whole sale would be nullified. And so therefore, just to conclude, we want to conclude with the words of the Chinuch. The Chinuch says like this, If a person wants to save himself from, uh, from all of these matters that we have discussed, or that we have written about, the seller can say to the buyer, listen, I know that I am overcharging you. 
right? Ad kach vikach. I'm charging you uh, much more than it's worth, right? Im You can take it from me on the condition that there will be no prohibition of oyna. Kachenu v'im lav hanechoso. If you don't want to buy it, don't buy it, right? If both parties are no, uh, understand that there is uh, that he's being overcharged, right? If they both and uh, they both agree to it in advance, then uh, then there is no oyna, right? Does that apply to metaltolin also? Or? That applies to everything. That applies to metaltolin and kark. That's what the Sefer Achinuch says. So we have to be careful, right? We have to be careful when not to take. Basically, the basic lesson, which the Gemara now takes further in Bamatziah, if we learn through the, uh, the Mishnahis in Bamatziah, that the Torah is very careful to make sure that people don't take advantage of other people regarding uh, not only with, with words that they say, uh, not only with uh, making fun of them or uh, belittling them or putting them down, but also it applies, as we saw this evening, as an example with money, with sale, with. Uh, with uh, charging or overcharging or buying at a uh, cheaper price than the seller wants to sell it for. But what, so, practically yeah. speaking, do they, do they talk about, now, let's say nowadays with these uh, prices going down, like, yeah. like I bought this condo for $38,000. Yeah. A, a year or two ago, somebody else bought an exactly same thing for $64,000. Right. But I, I didn't cheat anybody because it's, that's, that's how it's going. Well, that's the market price. I mean, it's not right. comparable. That's the market price. We're right. talking about that you're selling below the market price or above the market price. That's already a different issue. All right. So everything changes, you know, very rapidly depending on conditions. Right. Exactly. So, but as long as I'm not doing anything fraudulent, you know, in... Right. As long as you're not doing anything fraudulent, then it's okay. As long as even if both parties agree. You know, if, the, if, if one party is aware that, they're, that they're, uh, and they're doing it anyway and the other party is not aware, so then it's a problem. If both parties are aware and they agree and they say it explicitly, then they'll save themselves from it. Right. If right. not, then, there's the, then the issues become. Right. What happens if they're both unaware of it initially, but then uh, mm. discover at a later point and don't want to, and then one of them wants to retract and the other one doesn't want to retract? So, so then it depends, on how, on, uh, depends on what we're talking about. depends on whether we're talking about mitatlam, whether we're talking about movable property, whether we're talking about real estate. Mm-hmm. It depends on what we're talking about. It depends on how much money uh, to exchange hands, and it depends on the market value of what was sold. And then uh, the Besden will determine on whether or not the money has to be given back, whether the sale is nullified, or whether we keep things as is, based upon the agreement of the parties. So I, took, I was just took in, taking contract law in, in, at Phoenix College, and we had to write a contract of a, a rental with, with option to purchase a house. So she said that there has to be, you have to put in a clause about what happens if the house appreciates or depreciates. I said, I said, I couldn't understand why I have to put that in because if the guy, when he wants to buy the house, he'll decide at that time, is it worth or not to buy the house? He doesn't, it's, there's no fraudulence involved. But she didn't agree with me. She said, yeah, you have to put in that if it depreciates or depreciates this and this. I don't, I don't know, you have to see maybe the, just following the rules. I don't know. I don't know. It's a very strange thing because things do appreciate and depreciate. Right. So, 